A quick disclaimer before we get going this week. This episode contains spoilers for a range of classic Christmas films, so listen at your own discretion. All film opinions stated are our own personal ones. If you have your own ideas, or think of any Christmas films that easily could have gone on the list, hit us up over on Instagram at WonderingEyeCurios. And on with the show. Welcome, Wanderers. Hello, and welcome to our lovely podcast. Take a seat, grab a hot drink. Warm your toes by the fire. If you don't have a fire, light a candle. If you don't have toes, warm your hands. It's good advice. Also, if you don't have a fire, just like get your washing up bowl and fill that with some hot water and just use it as like a mini mini sort of mani-pedi bowl, you know? I don't have a washing up bowl, so I can't even do that. Why don't you have a washing up bowl? <laughs> because our sink is a really weird shape. And it's no... Circular. Yeah, but no washing up bowl fits in it. Hmm. <laughs> cool. But we're not here today to talk about my sink. No. Um, Certainly not. That's next week. Yeah. Uh, so today, obviously... only watched Home Alone for the first time last week I didn't really yeah I, I well, like I didn't really do like um that side of Christmas when when growing up like that's just not what Christmas was like for me as a kid um we had an actual fireplace so <laughs> back then so well no not really plus the cat used to sit in front of it so no one could get anywhere near it but, you know, right. we'd sit close to it with the idea that, you know, um, we could sit around the fire like a, you know, Victorian family and not watch TV, which is basically what we did. Um, but yeah, so I watched it for the first time last week and... Man, like... Well, interestingly, that's actually our first one. Is it? Okay, okay. Well, um, I'm, I'm going to keep my thoughts to myself yeah, for now then and I'm going to let you... Yourself. Gonna yeah, let you do your thing. Came about because um, 
if you don't know, Jasper and I lived together for a couple of years. Um, and I think either last year or the year before, I think um, it was last we, year. I made Jasper watch Christmas with the Cranks, which is one of my favourite <laughs> Christmas films. And like, it's mental, but I've never really thought about it. But obviously, watching it without the like, um, what's the word? Being a child. Sort of like when you're a kid, there's loads of stuff that you the, miss no, out sorry, on. The nostalgia of watching it when yeah, you're a kid. You, yeah. you just watch it and you're like, yeah, this is fine. And then you rewatch it and you're like, mm, <laughs> there's some flaws. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Christmas <laughs> Cracks is also worth we're going to talk about. So uh, we'll keep it brief. But uh, yeah, so that, that's how it came about that a lot of them are really problematic or scary or mental. Yeah. So yeah, so the first one we're going to talk about is Home Alone. Um, so if you don't know Home Alone, basically, uh, a boy who has the worst family ever is left Home Alone. Literally the worst. She is the worst um, mother. Yeah. Oh, she's not even the worst. Like, just his family are gaslighters, are neglectful, are abusive. They're awful. And basically, he gets left Home Alone. They go on holiday. They don't realise that he's. they've left him behind. And his house gets broken into. He has to defend his house from burglars. Okay, classic home invasion story. There's a lot of. Um, they have this big argument before he gets left home alone, and he says, "You know, I don't want you as a family. I hate you." Then he wakes up, family are gone. So as a kid, he just thinks that he's killed them or they've disappeared. I'm not quite sure which one. Um, so you know, it is very sad, and there is a very heartwarming end. But I want to talk about. The fact that Kevin McAllister is an actual psychopath, right? Why does he know how well to, like, make a torture plan? Right. He's eight years old. So I, I watched this first time as an as an adult, uh, and also watched it as an adult who has uh, unfortunately seen a nail like that in that one part oh. go through someone's foot. Like, I've seen that happen. And so, like, they led up to it, and I was like, oh, my God, don't do this. Don't do this, because it's genuinely horrendous. Yeah, like... Also, like, every single trap he lays... Like, obviously, as a kid, you watch it, and you're like, hell yeah, kid power. You watch it as an adult, and you're like, how does he know this? How does he know how to do this? Mm -hmm. When did he learn this? And also, Harry and Marv, who are my favourite burglars of all time, they're amazing, (laughs) um, how are they not dead? Because, like, at least four of the traps that he sets would have killed them. Right. So how are they still going? Well, it's a whole other thing. I, I mean, I haven't watched the second one yet, and I'm assuming that they, they, they come back. You must. Um, they do. The Wet Bandits. But, like... I didn't realise they were called. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> <It was> horrible. <laughs> He's, like, the... the, the is it Marv is the tall skinny one? He's 100% dying of tetanus from that nail. Like, sorry, but like, that's happening. And sorry, what about the bit where he's electrocuted? Yeah, or the part where they repeatedly slip on ice. Like, I am terrified of slipping on ice as well. So that whole time I was just like, this is funny, but also I'm like triggered right now. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. How, how does he know how to set all these traps? one point he sets Harry's head on fire Mm, yeah Um, there's burns there's like so much blunt force trauma they would definitely be dead or at least have catastrophic brain damage Um, serious concussions obviously home invasion is a staple of the horror genre so you play it on that as well Mm -hmm. Um, and also as scary as he is to me with his little creepy smile like, he has been led into this by his neglectful, abusive family, I believe. And I think he was just using all his knowledge, his creepy little traps, that he was going to kill his family. You reckon? And he, like, I think so. I think he's insane. And I think he's Jigsaw as a child from Saw films. Okay? Like, that's who he grew up to be. Because he's insane. And I think if this hadn't happened in the fun comedic Home Alone franchise, he would have just murdered his entire family. I mean, it's just... Yeah, it like... It might be a hot take, but that is what I think. You definitely know that kid is growing up to, like, do some fucked up shit. Like... Like, has he attacked people before? Yeah. Like, I he's just, really good at it. I, like, I think, as a kid, if you'd asked me to set 
I, I think thinking about the film before I went into it as well, I thought it was just going to be like tripwires and like, you know, sort of catapult things. And like, I, I didn't think it was going to be like, yeah, almost like a mini torture chamber. It really is. It's, it's like PG salt. <laughs> um, sorry, I'm drinking an opportunity. But yeah, so obviously, you know, he's dramatically failed by his family. He's dramatically failed by the police, who go around at one point after his mum calls and yeah. just look at the house and they're like, that's fine. He's like, why are the burglars so obsessed with this house? Why does he just go burgle a different house? Mm-hmm. Where did he get all the mannequins from? They're all in the basement, so like, yeah, yeah. That's fine. Um, also, like, ignoring everything else, the film literally starts with talk about the name of being a serial killer. Yeah. That's very PG. Yeah. And after, obviously, the old man next door, Marley, is lovely. Spoiler, he's not a serial killer. He's really, really sweet. And he actually saves Kevin right at the end. Um, also, everything else, this all happens. His parents come back. Kevin doesn't fucking tell them about any of it. No, no, he doesn't. He just waves at his neighbour out the window with that nice sentimental bit, smiles, and then goes off to kill some people, maybe. That kid is, like, traumatised for life. A hundred percent. And I know you haven't seen the second one, but the robbers come back, and it's amazing. <laughs> and, like, I don't blame them for wanting to murder him. Because, like, fair. I mean, yeah, you he know? literally burned one of their scalps. Like, that's genuinely horrendous. Like, that's... It's so fucked up. I mean, like, I I don't know if, like, a part of it comes from... I don't know. Maybe I'm completely wrong here, but, like, some Americans get really, really insistent about, like, their property. Oh, yeah. You know? Like... Well, so do country farmers in the UK. Well, yeah, that's true as well. (laughs) But, like... Like gangster noir, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's an incredible film. It's so iconic, but it, it's so fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> also, yeah, I'm just reading through my notes. He was definitely—I know the police failed when they went round. He was definitely old enough to call the police. Yeah. In trouble, like to know that. Yeah. So why did he just decide to take it into his own hands? I mean, I wonder if that's because, like, if he's convinced that he's magically done away with his family like how do you explain to the police like well where are your mum and dad and he's like well I wish for them to be gone and now they're gone it just doesn't really work I guess but yes Kevin McAllister I think is like baby jigsaw (laughs) and no one's gonna convince me otherwise you heard it here first kids nothing to say to that other, other than like every single film in existence is based on a book oh, well, they yeah. just they they all are like films that you don't know are based on books are just all based on books um i do you know what because it's been like a year since we've watched it i don't remember a lot of the details from it i just remember thinking at the end that it was basically just a horror film where they just swapped out most of the horror tropes with christmas things um yeah. Yeah. So as a basic rundown, uh, you've got Luther and Nora Crank, who... Oh, sorry, I'm going K when I say Crank. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah. So every year they spend like six grand on Christmas, which is insane. Um, they have a daughter called Blair, who's like early 20s, I think, now, and she goes off to Peru with the Peace Corps. Uh, oh, so it's yeah. their first Christmas without them. Yeah. Uh, without her. 
so obviously they're very upset about it it's not going to be the same um so luther looks into it and he, he's quite a scrooge like i think he's really funny but he's he's quite rude um yeah uh, so he realizes that they can take this 10-day luxury cruise and actually save money on what they normally spend on christmas so why not so in order to do this he decides that they need to just boycott christmas completely um and as a result the neighbors like lose their shit and it just becomes <laughs> this like witch hunt to get them to try and celebrate christmas um and in the end like uh spoilers but blair actually ends up coming home with her new fiance and obviously they haven't planned anything uh, and they completely boycotted christmas so within like a day they have to and they always have this very famous christmas eve party that the entire neighborhood comes to and all the neighbors hate them so they have to try and like fix all these bridges and get everything happening in like three hours before blair comes home and that she never knows about it um so that's the basics but yeah so this is a film that i think it came out in like 2004 so it's not one that i've like always watched but it's one that my parents love and that i've always watched and really enjoyed and i love tim allen like Tim Allen yeah. is Christmas films to me. He, he's Sleeper. really good in it. Who? Oh God, who plays the wife? Because she's iconic Jamie as well. Jamie Lee Curtis. Yes, fantastic. Yeah, she's amazing. Uh, and there's lots of really good, um, really good people. I always forget her real name, but the woman I think she plays Helga or Helda in the original Sabrina the Teenage Witch show, not the new one, but the like ninety. She's one of the ants. Mm. She's mm-hmm. in it for like two seconds, but I always get excited when I see her. Um, <laughs> So, so yeah, so they're skipping Christmas. So, which, like, my dad gets furious when he watches this film because he cannot, he completely agrees with Luther, like, how fucking dare they make them celebrate Christmas, which I agree with, but dad gets so angry. And every year I'm like, should we just not watch it? He's like, no, I want to watch it. <laughs> cool, <laughs> that's fine. Um, but, yeah, so it starts off with them not buying a Christmas tree. They're like, local scouts bring a Christmas tree to their door and they're like, oh, we don't need one. And from that, the scouts like go off to um, Vic Fromeyer, who is like the unelected mob boss of the street. Like he's mental. I can't remember his name. He's quite a famous actor. You'd, you'd recognise him. But uh, yeah, so from that, they all realise that the family's trying to skip Christmas and they just lose their minds. So there's stalking, there's harassment. Like him and his kids lead this like. Uh, army to try and get this frosty which is this giant uh, I don't even know what it's made of like giant snowman that everyone in the neighbourhood puts on their roof every year um, so they're harassing Nora who doesn't, who lives up um, who is unemployed she like, she's a housewife so they're harassing Nora all the time, Luther's out in the city so she's, he's not having to deal with it so she's like ringing him, hiding behind the curtain trying I remember to, like, that, yeah yeah this. There's a bit where Vic chases her car down the road and she, like, shuts his fingers in the window. It's a whole thing. Like, it's very stressful. It starts to feel Um, really culty. Like, it really starts to feel like what would happen if you tried to leave a cult. And I think that's what gets so scary about it is, like, the, the way it's written in terms of how insistent... And I think that was probably written into it on purpose in that, like, oh, yeah. there is meant to be an element in it of, like, people go absolutely crazy for Christmas and, like, maybe we just need to take a wee step back and remember, like, that it's not about the decorations and the parties and everything. And, I mean, to some people that means it's about a religious thing, but, you know, I feel like to the rest of us it's just about family. Yeah. Also, like... And having a day off work. Yeah. Like I, I hate to think what would happen if like a Jewish family or like Jehovah's Witnesses or like even people who are just so agnostic they don't do Christmas, like move to the neighborhood. They'd be like chased out with like a mob with like like Christmas themed pitchforks. And there's also, so, like, the street is gorgeous. They're all very privileged and very beautiful houses, and every year they win. It's actually quite hot. First, again, in that kind of, like, old village of the year kind of thing. Mm. Um, they win the Christmas lights every year, and obviously this year Luther refuses to put up uh, Christmas decorations, which is his right. Um, and they are so angry about it, they call the local paper, and it is front-page news that Luther and Nora are skipping Christmas, which is just insane. And one line that really pisses me off, is she goes out for lunch with her friends and it's like, oh, you know, we're not doing it. We're, 
we're boycott, we're skipping it. And her friend's like, well, what will we do on Christmas Eve? And it's like, um, entertain your Yeah, whatever you damn please. Like, It's so funny. And yeah, like, I never realised until obviously you watched it for the first time with me. Yeah. But there are so many horror shots. Yeah. Classic horror shots. There's an amazing bit where the carolers, like, are harassing them outside the door because the neighbours have told them to harass them. And the singing finishes, they think it's fine. And Nora, like, leans down. They shut all the curtains apart from one for some reason. And Nora leans down to get some wool, leans back up, and they're all at the window. And, like, it's such a horror shot. <laughs> now I know that it's John Grisham. It makes so much more sense. <laughs> but, like, who? Why? Why are they so insane? Also, one of my favourite bits, which isn't scary, but just, like, what? There's a guy, um, I, I think Marty his name is, and when Nora's like freaking out in, um, in it was an amazing scene in um, the like local supermarket where she's desperately trying to get food, it's Christmas Eve, like you're not getting the food you want, so she like comes home with smoked trout instead of turkey, um, and she's fighting this woman to try and get the last ham that her daughter loves. And uh, while she's there, before that happens, she's chatting to this guy who, like, knows her and everything about her. She doesn't know who he is. He ends up coming to the party, and, like, he knows everyone's business, but no one knows who he is. And then right at the end, he's Santa. Yeah. Um, But there's, like, it's not a film where it's kind of making sure the kids who are watching it are, like, Santa's real. Like, it's not that kind of Christmas film. It's, It's very much, like, about the adult adult world film like not in a weird way but it's not a kid's particular film so why they needed Santa in it I don't really know and right at the end he drives it like a BW bug into the sky with reindeer pulling it <laughs> what <laughs> why was this needed <laughs> like, I don't think it's in the book <laughs> it's probably not edition. in the book that was probably yeah it's I probably because I think it's the same guy who did all the other Tim Allen Christmas films. Probably. She's like, we need Santa at the end. Yeah. Like, oh. Yeah, but he, he just comes across as a total creep. Yeah. Because you He's don't really even weird. immediately make the connection of like, oh, well, it's Santa and he knows everyone's biz. I mean, as if that's not creepy on its own anyway. The whole Santa knows when you're sleeping and yeah. when you're awake. We talked a little bit about that in earlier episodes. Yeah. Uh, He's a nice guy in theory, but it is some uh, problematic stuff about Santa. Yeah. Okay, film number three is Jack Frost. Ooh. And it's not... I don't know if you've seen this, Jack. Uh, wait, I feel like we watched it two years ago. Is it the one where he gets, like, turned into the snowman or something? No, 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 no. No, he doesn't get turned into it. He comes back yeah. as the snowman, and it's really scary. Yeah. Because of the... The whole, like, the makeup and that's, the face. That's and... the one. Okay, yeah. okay, take it away. So, for keen horror fans, I've never seen it, but apparently there is a horror film called Jack Frost, which was, like, the 1970s, which is not the same premise, but it's genuinely supposed to be scary. This Jack Frost came out in the 90s. It's supposed to be hella heartwarming, and it's really scary. So I love it. Again, it's one of those films that I watched as a kid that is so nostalgic to me. And you don't realise that it's insane. You just think it's really funny. Because sentient snowbounds. <laughs> no. So <laughs> no. So, and it has Michael Keaton in, who I adore. And really fancy. So, you know, <laughs> it's great. It's fine. Don't laugh at me. Sexy dubs. Anyway. Um, so, yeah, the basic premise is, as so many Christmas films are, busy dad who has no time for his child or his wife but like we love him anyway right even though he's neglectful he um he makes those promises and he's supposed to spend christmas with his family and then his band get an amazing deal uh, to like record if they record on christmas eve they can get this huge album deal so he leaves um goes off to do the recording and then halfway along the road he thinks no what am i doing i should be with my family which is nice because that doesn't happen very often in uh, christmas films but um as he turns around he tragically dies in a car crash um so that's really upsetting and then the film kind of carries on a year later so it's christmas time it's not christmas eve i think it's like early december but um 
he's always given his son Charlie this magic harmonica that like the cheesy line that if you play it I'll be there so Charlie plays this harmonica. It sound it all sounds so much worse when you read yeah, it out. Like you break it down. Like, yeah. Like if, you, if you just watch it, you're like, this is really weird, but I'm really enjoying it. But when you break it down, it's insane. So the night before, because he's a child at Christmas and there's snow, he's made a snowman. Super chill. Cool. There's the spindly arms. There's the three like balls of snow. There's a scarf. Classic uh, snowman. The next morning, uh, the snowman appears at his fucking window, and it's his dad <laughs> as a snowman. I don't know how that is not yeah. just scarring. Like, who decided that this film should be made? Like, what? Like, it's really expensive to make films, and there's a lot of <laughs> processes and steps you have to get through before the film's fucking made. So how many steps did this go through where someone was like a like tragic death of a parent and then he comes back as a snowman? Yeah. <laughs> like and I'm saying this as someone who fucking loves this film. So there's no shame. <laughs> like I enjoy it very much. But it's insane as an idea in general. And then again, I didn't know, but I did the research for this. That snowman, which is terrible effects, like Really in bad. the 90s, there were other good films with good effects. Yep. That snowman was built by Jim Henson's workshop. What? Yeah. Jim Henson, if you don't know, from the Muppets, from the Dark Crystal, from, like, the genius puppet maker man. What the fuck? Who made that snowman? Was Jim Henson on holiday? <laughs> like, I know it's really hard because this isn't a visual medium, but it is the shittest puppet it doesn't look like a snowman. We'll post on Instagram. It looks like inside, a, like, a fabric snowman. It, yeah, it looks pretty bad. It, like... It's awful. Yeah. And, like, the spindly arms, there's, like, a bit where there's a snowball fight, and the arms turn 360 degrees, which is not how that works. So does that mean that, like, the twigs, like, are fused in, like, with joints? Because at another point, the twig just gets pulled out of the snowball. I, I feel like we just have to say, like, magic. It's just magic. Yeah. There's not, like, real-world mechanics. Yeah. None of this is based on physics or reality. I know, but, like, <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. And then, like, obviously, very traumatic. But Charlie, like, apart from the initial freakout, is quite quickly, like, cool, my dad's a snowman now. Yeah. Totally cool. And rather, like, I think... The premise of the film is that, you know, everyone deserves a second chance mm -hmm. and family will always be there for you even if they appear in different way, like, weird ways. They are there for you and he loves his son. However, like, you have this amazing opportunity and then Charlie's, like, way more concerned with, like, beating the school bully at a hockey match. Yeah. <laughs> what? And, like, Mark Addy's in it, who I adore. So he's, like, some fun comic relief every now and again and uh, yeah just like every line is awful as well like it's the most 90s film like there's one bit where i think they're sledding and the snowman his dad just screams i am the wizard of blizzard <laughs> um, <laughs> what <laughs> why <laughs> oh my god yeah. like i highly recommend you watch it because it's But it's like that, that. That's like a specific, like, um, like, Christmas films are allowed to be terrible mm -hmm. in ways that we don't allow for in other film genres. In fact, I feel like we almost expect them to be bad, yes. and then are so like. I, I don't know. It's really alien when they're really good. Like we watched Klaus. Last year, yeah, which is on Netflix, is phenomenal. And if you haven't seen that, go watch it. Don't want to spoil it for you because it's just magical. The animation's gorgeous. It's just beautifully made. And it almost feels weird that it's beautifully made and well scripted. Because, like, so often these films are just, like, bad. And I know that's not why you watch them. You're not, you know, you're not watching the next Oscar nominations. Um... 
or you know whatever but yeah they just like they have their own rule book <laughs> yeah so oh and there's some original music from Hanson for the film I don't think I know yeah. who that is Bob. Oh right, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. That's like their only song. Yeah. <laughs> They're very handsome fan. Because that's a draw. Yeah. It's it's a good film. I like it. It's very nostalgic for me. But I don't understand why it was made. Out of out of ten, how many how many snowmen would you give the film? I don't know because I'm thinking about it watching it as a kid. As a kid I'd probably give it eight. Yeah. As an adult, <laughs> give it like a four and a half. Yeah, I think I'd solidly give it like a good like five and a half snowmen. Yeah. Just because like, it's fun to watch, but afterwards you're like, hang on, hang on, like, what? yeah. <laughs> just do not think about it too deeply, or yeah, it, just it just gets like, weird. Ride, it gets so weird so fast. Parts. Yeah. Like, enjoy looking at three incredibly talented actors. Who have somehow ended up just just pissed their careers away. Yeah. Like you've got Michael Keaton, you've got Mark Addy, and you've got Kelly Preston. Like three actors who at the time were like maybe not so like Michael Keaton's still doing great. Mm. But like I'm not sure what the other two are doing. I'm sorry if you guys are doing good work out there. But uh yeah, like Michael Keaton was like had recently been Batman. Yeah. Well he was riding high. <laughs> I mean, those films are. To to be honest, those films almost come under the same kind of category as Christmas films, wherein they are terrible, but they are also so good. Um, like Arnold Schwarzenegger as Mr. Freeze. That's basically a Christmas film. That's ba- I'm not even gonna attempt the accent, but that whole scene. Oh, I wish you would. Like, oh. oh my god! Like. We're actually we're talking about. Arnold. Are we? Yeah. <laughs> I love Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> like, I can't take him seriously. No, of course in not. Anything. I watched Just, like when he's trying to be serious. I, I saw I saw Alien years ago, and you know how it's all like Alien v Predator and that stuff. So, I expected it. What? I've never seen Alien. Well, that's fine. This isn't for you. This is for other people. So Alien is, like, fantastic. And I expected Predator to be of the same calibre. And I watched it one night on a sofa bed in New Jersey. Um, <laughs> like, one... Isn't that a journey song? Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, well, we were we were staying in the, in the States. And it's so bad. It's really bad. Like, I think of how good Alien is, and then you watch Predator, and it's like, how did anyone look at these two films and think, you know what would make Alien better? This, like, pile of steaming garbage. Like, it just, it's... And I've seen some of the Alien v Predator films as well, and it's just... It's just it's just nerds jacking off onto a screen. Like, that's what the whole thing is. But yeah, watch Alien, ignore Predator... Um, and then watch the director's cut of Alien and be more scared of it because the director's cut is somehow so much scarier. Cry over Sigourney Weaver. Oh my god. She's so hot. The queer's favourite. She's so hot. Um, but yeah, going back to Jack Frost, um, it's definitely worth a watch. It's certainly not something you should watch if you're expecting a good film. No. But it's a lot of fun. Um, and if your parent has tragically died um, around Christmas time, do not build a snowman outside your house the year after, just in case. Yeah, I feel like it would be so traumatic. And also yeah. would probably make attachment issues much more difficult. Also, if you live anywhere that's not somewhere that it snows a lot, they're going to melt a lot quicker. Oh my god, that's so true. Yeah, it's a point I should probably say. It's not like set in the desert. It's set somewhere where there's lots of snow. <laughs> Although, if you're a magic snowman, does that mean you don't melt? If you can magically be alive now, would he melt? These are the questions. 
I don't remember what happens at the end of the film either, so. He like, I don't remember how it happens. I guess it's like snowman time is up. But um, he stood out in the front, <laughs> in the front garden, and like some like snow whirls around, and then he's whole again as Michael Keaton, and he kisses his wife, and then he leaves again, and then he's dead. Sexy. Yeah. Great. <laughs> so that was Jack Frost. Wonderful. Let us know what you think if you watch it. seen that in a long ass time I don't remember anything about it actually so this is going to be like as though I've probably never seen it because I really don't remember much about it so as a disclaimer how the fuck <laughs> did they make Tom Hanks scary Tom Hanks is the purest of souls I love him I would take a bullet for Tom Hanks and everything <laughs> I've seen him in I would genuinely Everything I have seen him in, even if he's not a very nice character, I still love him. Polar Express makes me want to burn him or throw him in the sea. I cannot deal with it. So it's based on a very beautiful children's picture book. It's very sweet. A train comes at night. It's a bit like the night bus. It takes you to Santa. Cool. Nice premise. Totally great. The film, terrifying. Horror fuel. I hate it. No. No. It's so fucking flawed, and I don't know who decided, like, I don't like CGI. I never have. It's not my thing. I think it's an amazing talent. Wow, amazing that we have this technology, but I find it creepy, and there is no better example than the Polar Express. It is the most, like, uncanny valley thing I've ever seen. Like, they try and make everyone look real, but they don't animate the eyes. They're all dead-eyed and weird and creepy, I had to look at pictures of it to do the research and it freaked me out all over again. <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> no. It's so creepy and my dad loves it. Every feel, year he wants to watch it and I'm not having it. I feel like for Halloween next year I'm just gonna like... Fucking don't. Send you a picture of some of the characters. No. <laughs> we'll be done. You can do this podcast on your own. <laughs> One day we'll explain we'll that, story. that story. Yeah, that's not for today. Um, so yeah, so essentially the film obviously just tries to expand on the book. And I think if they just made like a really short, like 20 minute film of the book and like expanded it a little bit with similar animation to the very beautiful illustrations, mm. that would have been fine. I think because there's so much more time in a feature-length film, they tried to fill it, but they just didn't consult anyone who isn't in the horror genre, I think. <laughs> so, it starts with... And also, if you have children who, like, you want them to continue their belief in Santa Claus, don't let them watch it, because it starts with a kid who doesn't believe in Santa Claus, and his parents are like, oh, well, you know, maybe we should... Maybe we should, like, teach him that Santa's still a real thing. And by the end, he still doesn't, he meets Santa and still doesn't fucking believe in Santa Claus. So, like, it's not a good one if you have kids. Um, so yeah, so there's this creepy train that just turns up at night that you're encouraged to just get on. And when he's like, where are we going? The train conductor, who's Tom Hanks and creepy as fuck, is like, you don't need to know. Just get on the weird, creepy night train, random boy. I'd like to know where the train's going creepy conductor man and like if you lose your ticket you get kicked off like I know that's how real trains work but I would hope the nice train to Father Christmas wouldn't just kick you off mm. in the middle of nowhere especially when you haven't home. requested to go on the train you've basically been coerced yeah you've been coerced by strangers to go on this weird night train the train is terrifying like there's a point where they go through a carriage full of like puppet marionette things that are broken and, ter and like can I just 
is like this is starting to sound like Snowpiercer. It's it literally <laughs> it is Children, watch Snowpiercer, please, for the love of God. No, for the love of God, don't do it. I just like, I love, I love Chris Evans, but just the iconic, I know what babies taste like. I know babies taste the I've never read the picture book. I haven't either, and I don't want to now. I'm sure it's lovely. I mean, it's but... it's still it still sells. I yeah, I it's not yeah. insane. It's just a cute little train to meet Santa. <laughs> it happens so often though that like the right amount of effort just isn't put into kids' films, and they just get butchered. And then it's only now that things from like ten or more years ago, like The Golden Compass. Or um, which the series for that was apparently amazing. I've not actually watched it yet. Or um, but then I'm not a huge fan of the books, so I'm, I'm not likely to. Yeah. Um, however, the Percy Jackson series is mm. uh, being made by Disney Plus at the moment, and they're casting actors who are the right age, and that looks like it's going to be incredible. And I just hate it because I speak to so many parents, and I say, you know, well, what about Percy Jackson for reading for your kids, and. Um, their first port of call is thinking of the films and like the first one was kind of fun bad really bad but kind of fun the second one is they tried to get about three books into one film and it was just yeah. terrible um in the first film is there like a bit with medusa in a garden center have i entirely made that up no there's that that happens in okay. the, yeah <laughs> that's in that <laughs> Yeah. No, that's in the book as well. Um, and, uh, because they have to get off a bus and it's by the side of the road, so they go there to go and get some food. And then Grover, who's a satyr, recognizes one of the statues. He's like, "Oh, he looks like my yeah. uncle." And then he's like, "That is my uncle." Oh. Um, and then yeah, they have to battle Medusa. But that, that's a tiny part of the first book. Like that's not. Like, no, a big it's just all I, remember. <laughs> I love a garden center, so that's probably quite burned into Yeah, it happened with the, the Alex Ryder film with oh, Alex Pettifer, yeah. was an actual um, garbage fire. Uh, but the new series on Amazon Prime was absolutely amazing. Like, although it's like they are nine to 12 kids' books, the series is like every young actor in it is amazing, so well cast. Because uh, one of the things that Anthony Horowitz, oh, who I met like last year or something when he came yeah. into the store, and he was such a babe. He was like, "Hi, I'm I'm Anthony Horowitz. Can I sign some books?" And I was like, "Oh my god, yes, of course you can. I love you. I love you so much. Like, welcome to being a bookseller." Um, <laughs> yeah, recognizing people that literally no one knows what they look like. Yeah. <laughs> and and yeah, he was so lovely. Um, but. 
yeah, the, the series is phenomenal and it deals with trauma in such an amazing way. Like, because a big part of the books deals with the fact that he is a child spy and the TV show was really good at, like, making you remember that he's literally like 14 and like all of the trauma that he would have gone through because of it and like yeah there's like a whole thing about depression like towards the end of it as well but it's just man i want to watch it again now hey half of it's like set in the alps so it's kind of christmasy there's lots of snow um but yeah you can watch things in december that aren't christmasy no you can't unacceptable (laughs) But yeah, it's very good. Sorry to like totally derail it there. I'm just thinking of Aragon as well. I'm just thinking of all of the... Oh my god. I never read the (laughs) Aragon... I never read the Aragon books, but I always... I just wasn't that into dragons, but I knew they were incredible. Yeah. And I watched the film just because you watch everything when you're a teenager, and it was a pile of shit, and I didn't even know the books. My my copies of the books, if you like hold them near the spine, the pages start to fall out, because I read them so many times. Like, I adore them to the point where like, I can't really read them now because I've read them so many times that it's just, it's almost too familiar. But the books are so wonderful and so excellent. And like, oh, they're just, they're just incredible. And the fact that he was like 16 when he wrote them, he's just come back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, yeah. he's just come back to writing. He's just published a book and I think it's actually sci-fi this time around. Um, and so, yeah, because he brought out, I mean, it's still in the universe, is it, is it the fork, the witch, and the worm? Not that, that's not the one I'm talking about, but he did no, bring I that out. That's, that's the last one I knew about. Yeah, that one was last year. Um, I, st- I, I still haven't read it, I've had my copy forever. Um, but no, he brought out uh, one this year, so it's really, really awesome to see him come back to writing. Um, I we, always forget how young he was, God. Yeah, we have, so at work, we have, we used to have these big posters when we were having, um, uh, authors in for signings and they used to sign the posters for us and then we'd put them up in the staff room wall and there's one of him and he's so baby faced and just like this little nerd and it's like obviously obviously he will not listen to this but like if somehow he ever does just like the books are incredible just everyone go and read them they are phenomenal anyway Polar Express tell us more about how you hate it <laughs> I just I can't, I can't deal with Uncanny Valley stuff. Neither can I. I I can't. And I I looked into it and there's so many awful reviews of it. Like, half because of that and half just... I don't understand why they made it so scary. Like, I am someone who was a kid, I loved horror, I love horror now. I am fine with a creepy kids film, but it is not marketed as a creepy kids film. And the book isn't creepy. It's a, it's a heartwarming tale of believing in Santa, even if you don't really believe. And it's supposed to be this nice thing, but the entire film, you feel stressed and scared. It's like, why? You know that mm-hmm. bit in the original Mary Poppins where they're running and there's a dog and like a homeless woman mm-hmm. and the whole film's like happy and chill and mm-hmm. that bit's just terrifying. Mm-hmm. That scene, is what the entirety of the Polar Express feels like. <laughs> and I don't know why. Why is it so scary? I feel like, in summary, if you're an adult, watch Snowpiercer. Yeah. And if you're a child, wait until you're an adult and then watch Snowpiercer. But just well, nobody watch the Polar Express. We, yeah, watch that's Home Alone. Mm. Watch, like, watch anything else. And there's so, there's so many beautiful animated... That's not how you say that word. <laughs> Animated uh, Christmas films. Oh, Snowy Day. Is it one Snowy oh, Day? The Snowy, Snowy Day. Day. Snowy Day, so yeah. It's, it's based on a picture book by Ezra John Keats, which I've never uh, read. No. Um, but it's an Amazon Prime original, and I am in love with it. I watch it, like, maybe once a week. It's about 20 minutes long. It's this gorgeous story about this little boy, uh, and he lives, I think it's somewhere like New York, but he lives in this apartment building, has like his best friend, uh, Lila, I think, or Lola, who lives opposite. And it's about him on Christmas Eve going to his nan's house to get some mac and cheese, which they have on Christmas Eve every year. And this little party is just him going through the snow, having an amazing time. It's the most diverse, um, mm-hmm. beautiful story. You've got, um, there's Jewish characters, there's Chinese characters, there's, um, uh, African American characters, loads of different races and creeds and religions, and like I don't know much about Judaism, 
So mm. to hear um, his friend, I think it's Lila. I watch it so often, I should really know. But they talk about um, the day in Hanukkah where you give gifts away. They talk about having lacquers um, and lots of different things. And there's uh, Hanukkah gelt in the local bakery, which the, um, the baker's giving out to people. And it's just, it's such a beautiful, beautiful little film. And also boys to men are in it and just sing oh, yeah. for no reason. And it's gorgeous, boys to men, it's beautiful. There's no reason though. You just keep coming through like, why are they singing? <laughs> but yeah, Snowy Day is gorgeous. I'll link it on our recommends. It's, it's beautiful. I found it um, this year actually in, uh, so I, as many people did, I spent um, a lot of time alone in lockdown, uh, which was really, really difficult. Um, and you know, it is what it is. I'm very lucky that I have a house and friends to contact and things, you know. But I, in uh, April, uh, Jasper moved out, uh, moved in with his lovely fiance Sarah, and um, I was alone for a month before my new housemate moved in. So it was a really like I want to live alone. That's my goal when I have enough money. But uh, living alone and not being able to leave was not what I wanted. But it was really weird. It was a very very difficult month. I won't lie, and my depression was really bad. So one day in April, I had my own Christmas. Uh, and I literally, like, I spent it how I would spend Christmas. So I decorated the flat, I made a roast, I watched Christmas films, and I watched Snowy Day for the first time. And I think I watched it three times that day. Like, it's just, it's so beautiful, and I really recommend it. Um, yeah, that's too pure, though, for this conversation. It is, it but, is. Uh, we'll talk about Snowy Day another time. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Do you know what? I actually haven't. That's one of the ones which... So Sarah has like an educatory Christmas uh, movie list for me and I think that's one of the top... That's the Arnold Schwarzenegger one, isn't it? That's why you brought him up earlier. Yeah. No, I've never I've never seen that one. No, take it away. So again, it's one of those films that like is very iconic. Like I haven't actually watched for years but I remember watching as a kid and thinking it was like mental but really, really enjoying it. And as an adult... An adult who's worked in retail for ten years, like no, just no. So, and I didn't looking into it because I haven't watched it so long. I know the basic premise of it, which is that you know it's it's based on the real like insane crazes for like the Cabbage Patch dolls, where they were so popular they sold out, and that like stores were insane. Like customers were like beating each other up to get these things. It's the same we see in Black Friday sales, in Christmas, like, Boxing Day sales. Like, people are the fucking worst. Mm -hmm. We know this, and if you work in retail, you really know it. So this is the premise. It's Arnold Schwarzenegger is a shit dad, uh, never makes time for his kid or his wife, and he thinks that if he gets this beloved toy, which this year is Turbo Man, um, then his child will love him. And he's promised his wife that he's already bought one. He hasn't. So it's him, basically, the, the couple of days before Christmas, going through a literal series of unfortunate events, <laughs> trying to find this doll. And it's very funny, don't get me wrong, it's a great film. But it really shows how, like, like a decade will pass and things that were acceptable, just, they're not acceptable. You look back and you're like, so why was that allowed? Like, I will discuss this further in a bit. But at one point, so basically him and this postal worker, who's played by Sinbad, who like I think at the time was like a really well-known guy, um, him and this postal worker are both in the same shop, both trying to find this toy. Everyone's laughing at them, which is really harsh. Like, as someone who worked in customer service for so long, I despise anyone who is rude to customer service workers, whatever field, you're a fucking prick if you are rude to them. I hate you. However, the two guys that they go and talk to are fucking assholes. They just laugh in their face. They get the whole shop to laugh at them because they want a turbo man. Bad customer service, I will say. However, yeah. So him and my um him and um what's his name? Myron Larrabee is the uh, postal worker's name, which is great. So they like they then get in this like fight to the death kind of battle 
battle between each other to try and find this doll. So it's him and him and Myra and Howard and Myron trying to find this doll, battling each other everywhere they go. And at one point, Myron, they go to a, um, a radio station and he just tells everyone he has a bomb. He does it twice. And like, in what? the 90s, that's really funny. You watch it now and you're like, no. No. That's not an acceptable thing to be doing. No. It probably wasn't in the 90s either. But you could get away with shit like that. Nowadays, don't do that. So that's a big fucking flaw in this film. <laughs> also is the way they treat customers and shop workers. And just in general, customers. This film is like... It, the whole thing is a disgusting like, look at capitalism. Mm. And how awful customers are. So mm. in that way, it does well. <laughs> but as someone who's worked in retail a long time, I watch it and I feel very stressed. <laughs> um, so yes. So also, this is probably a film that a lot of like parents watch with their kids. And a lot of people who've like enjoyed Arnold Schwarzenegger's other films, which are incredibly violent, don't worry. This has the same level of violence what? as all his other films. What? He like he punches adults. He grabs a child by the face. He punches what? a reindeer in the face. He like there's so much violence in this film, and it's really funny. It's like slapstick comedy violence, but it's still violence. So yeah, so he's basically going through all these different steps to try and find this doll. Him and this postie, who is hysterical. Like, yes, he calls in a bomb threat. That's a really bad thing to do. Don't do that, kids. But he is really fucking funny. He's great. Um, so, firstly, they're in this, this mall trying to find the doll they can. He ends up um, being, he ends up talking to this, like, creepy mall Santa um, who, like, <laughs> I had to watch clips of it to understand what was going on. But basically, this creepy mall Santa and all the other mall Santas in the area run this, like, bootlegging warehouse where they make fake toys. What? So there's this giant warehouse that they get, like, that Howard Arnold's character gets taken to that they've got a turbo man. Turns out that it's a knockoff. And they start a huge fight. There's a massive, incredibly violent fight with Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> and, like, 50 mall Santas. <laughs> It's insane. So that happens. Obviously, the police come, and he gets out of it by lying to the police, saying that he's an undercover cop to like bust this ring of fake toy makers. So also, don't watch this film if you want your kids to believe in Santa, because it basically just shows all the more Santa's a bullshit. Um, so yeah, so that happens. Um, his son rings him at one point, like, "Oh, are you still coming home for the parade, father? Are you still coming?" And he screams down the phone at his child. That's great. And then him and Myron, like, go to this diner and decide to, like, team up and, like, okay, let's find the doll together. It'd be easier if we could team up. And, it's you know, this is before the time that you could just fucking Google it. So they have to drive around to all these places. And they're in this, like, diner. They hear on the radio that the radio station has a turbo man. They lose their shit and break the diner phone. Then they, like, race to it. Arnold, like, kicks open the radio door while this guy's on air to get this doll. Turns out it's a gift certificate for the doll. Not the doll. No. So they, they nearly beat up this guy. Then Myra threatens that he has a fucking bomb. Oh, he's God. a postman, he's just carrying parcels around. And it's like this big joke that like, I work in the postal system, so you know it could be a bomb. So, what? 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 Yeah, and then the police come because there was a bomb threat. They escape. But yeah, so they find out that this wasn't a bomb because it gets thrown on the floor and nothing happens. And then when they get arrested, well, the police try to arrest them, he pulls out a different package and pretends it's a bomb and gets away. As they're, like, Arnold runs one way, um, Sinbad runs another, they escape, the police, and then as Arnold's outside on the front, it is a fucking bomb. That's a whole other fucking fucked up part of this film. And it cuts back to the police who were just like, you know in films where it's like there's smoke and their face is blackened? Yeah. That's not how bombs work. No. That's a whole other thing that like I obviously never picked up on as a kid. And then watching the clip of it on YouTube, I was like, so what now? Yeah. And there's a, like a really funny scene, to be fair, with the postal worker who's like, it was a bomb? People are fucked up. And it's like, <laughs> mate, you just made two bomb threats in the space of ten minutes and threatened to kill loads of police officers. You have no leg to stand on. No. It sounds insane. Anyway, um, he gets home and he's like, okay, I 
get set on fire. Then he has like you know those um, big like nativity statues. Yeah. People like in the garden. He has them in his house for some reason. Okay. The head gets like chucked into the fireplace, uh-uh. and then trying to—it's insane, Jasper. Like this film, he like trying to put the fire out. He kicks his head through the glass that like flies through the glass with some carolers. A head that's on fire. <sighs> like <laughs> it's insane. And then his family obviously see that he's trying to steal this gift, so they go to the parade without him. Well, yeah. He then goes, which is fair. Yeah. He then goes to the parade, bumps into the police officer who was at the, the radio station that, like, got blew up by a bomb that apparently isn't affected by it. He gets chased. He hides in Turbo Man's dressing room. He has to be Turbo Man on this float. Wait. <laughs> no, yeah. no, that's so meta. Yeah. So he's oh, Turbo Man on this float. No. He's into it. So he's, like, having a good time with this jetpack. And then fucking Myra in the postie dresses up as Turbo Man's villain, like his nemesis, and they're fighting on this float. And he, like, Myra kidnaps his child, like he assaults people, like there's so many felonies. <laughs> and then, like, they fight super violently. Eventually, he gets his son back because he realizes his son is the most important thing in the world. And then finally gives his son this toy. And his son's like, I think we should give it to Myra and make his kid. And then it ends. <laughs> so, yeah. Jesus. That's too cool. <laughs> oh, it's really funny, but it is so violent. I have absolutely like, nothing to say. So insane. I'm going to have to watch this now. <laughs> Wow. I thought that would be a good one to end it on. Because it's uh, mental. Fair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that was... Uh... A ride. Yeah, we'll go with that. next year we'll do actual (laughs) Christmas horror films well we hope um, we've inspired you to uh, either go and watch or avoid certain Christmas films Um, well no I think I think we'd recommend all of them maybe bar the Polar Express which is yeah all of them are great just don't watch the Polar Express yeah uh, yeah the animation for that is genuinely horrifying that's like the only the only thing i remember about it actually is just being scared to death by uh the people in it essentially um but other than that thank you for listening and as this is being uh, uploaded on the 24th of december merry christmas happy holidays we hope that you have a lovely christmas day uh we know we can't all be with all the people that we wish we could be spending christmas with this year and it's quite a different Christmas uh, for 2020 but we hope that you are still able to um, enjoy it and have a have a good and relaxing time and if like me you are working up until the very day itself then I hope that you drink a fair amount of alcohol and sleep a lot and get some of the things that you wished for from Santa <laughs> and I hope customers are nice and if they aren't get their name and address and send it to me I don't work in retail anymore so I can deal with it that was a threat 
just just yeah. to just to clarify that. Yeah. Uh, and on that note, uh, yeah, and we want to thank you so much for all your support so far. Mm-hmm. We Absolutely. Are, you know, as as Jasper says in the very professional little outro that we have on the end of all these, <laughs> this is all done by us. It's just us two. We don't have a production company. We are the production company, mm-hmm. and it's a huge amount of fun. We love doing it. Um, but it is a stupid amount of work. Yeah. Um, yeah. Crazy amount of work, and it means so much that while we may not have gotten as many listeners as we had hoped at this point, the people who do listen, who come back every week, who engage with us on Instagram, you are all wonderful. Um, we've made so many new friends in the what three months we've been going. Yeah. Um, yeah. Barely. Yeah, we made so many incredible new friends, people that we probably never would have met. And it means so much that you enjoy listening to us, you enjoy our content, you enjoy not only the scripted uh, professional (laughs) things, but also our dumb personalities. Um, Yeah, it means everything. So thank you so much. Um, Please keep reviewing. Please, please. If if you're if you're enjoying it, please just even if you don't want to write a review, just you know leave a rating. five stars if you please, please. Uh, that'll help us uh, to get where we want to go yeah, with this podcast, podcast keep it to yeah please please but other than that you know share it with people uh, who you know would love other creepy things as well and um we will see you in 2021 we, yeah, we won't no yeah week. yeah uh but yeah we will see you in january which is crazy and hopefully 2021 will be a bit of a a better year i have everything crossed that um it's not gonna be the shit show <laughs> that this year has been <laughs> i just want to hug people right see their right <laughs> I, I just want to have like an engagement party yeah that'd be nice and like i don't even know that many people so it's gonna be a really small one but that would, that would be lovely. Yeah, mostly just you. Um, but yeah, on that note, Merry Christmas and uh, stay spooky, kids. Stay spooky. We love you. Wandering Eye Curios is brought to you by myself, Jasper Chanter, and my co-host, Meg James. The podcast is scripted and performed by both of us and produced by me. Music is scored and performed by Amy Marianne with lyrics by myself. Our intro song, For Better or Worse, is sung by us. Find us on Instagram at WanderingEyeCurios and over on Twitter at WanderingEyePod. Stay spooky, friends. Until next time.